0: Cliff Central the Revolution. I've got something important to tell you.
1: Cliffcentral.com. Hello and welcome to it. You are now listening to the weekly mashup with your host, Candace Mama, and my co-host, Mr. Tomisha Masha. So, I'm sure many of you have heard about the controversy um that has been circulating in the media lately about uh Pastor Andre Ulifir and to those of you who have not heard what Pastor has said and why he finds himself in hot water, I will tell you some of the statements he's made and um my co-host will come in and tell us where he stands and why he's he believes what he believes. So, in on a service on Sunday, um Pastor Olifure in the middle of his uh preaching said a couple of controversial statements um basically about black people. And some of the statements many people have deemed inappropriate, ignorant, and racist. So some of the statements he said are, if you are black, God will send you white people. Um, Then he said, don't say the problem in South Africa is the white people. No, we are not. We have contributed to this nation and we still do. Then another statement he said was, if you want to know why white people still have money, it is because they work. So don't drive them away. They can speak into your life, he said. Wow. So there were a couple of others that followed. Um, (laughs) In the middle of the sermon, he went on to say, now, don't get too stressed. If you are white, God will send you black people. God will use people unlike you to do something in you. And he said, don't push them away. Let them be the voice of God to you. At this point, there were just a couple of applause and which he followed up with. Are you all okay this morning? I must say, I get very annoyed when I watch television and I see people saying that whites are the problem in the country. No, we are not. We helped build this nation. He then he then went on to say we took nothing from no one. Maybe the law favored us, but we worked and I'm still working. And when you tell me I need to share my wealth, what are you suggesting? Are you suggesting I give away some of it? Are you giving any of yours away? Excuse me. Now, when you listen to those statements uh, alone, you'd think to yourself, well, clearly there's nothing to debate here. These are clearly racial statements, but if not racial, maybe um, deeply ignorant. Because I'd look at it when I heard it at first, I thought to myself, you know what, maybe he was just having a moment of weakness. And um, what he said, he has said that it has been quoted out of context and i'm sure i'm sure his intentions that morning when he woke up wasn't i'm going to piss off as many black people <laughs> you know as i can today i think it was a moment of weakness and a moment of um not thinking not thinking through exactly what what you want to say so when my studio host gets in um he will discuss uh he's standing because he has been under boiling water from uh what we will call black twitter who have been cruel and uh who yeah i don't know guys sometimes you guys need to express yourself better hey like you don't need to be so mean you can disagree with someone without being so cruel and rude (laughs) and so you know so he went on to explain himself on another platform yesterday and today I think it will give him a bigger and a broader audience to speak to and explain himself and explain what exactly he meant when he was defending Pastor William Ferry because I think a lot of us tend to forget that these two people have a personal relationship. And I think uh, they clearly have a relationship that transcended the service. Therefore, he was speaking from his own experience of the pastor. And we are not saying – um, what he's saying is right or wrong, but I mean, I do not want to be his mouthpiece, and he just joined us in studio, so <laughs> so hopefully he'll be able to answer for himself in a little bit. <laughs> Eighty.
0: How are
1: you doing, Candy? I'm good. Wow, you really made us wait there. My goodness, that was the longest intro to anything I've ever done. Well done. So I've basically, you. <laughs> you're
0: fantastic. So you saying hey, guys, yes. how you Yes.
1: So basically, we had just broken down what had happened with the Rivers Church, and we were saying that you know I feel that Blackford has been rather cruel in how they express themselves, but I think it's very important for you to express yourself in a way that. People can understand where you are coming from. Firstly, that you guys have a personal relationship, past the early fear, of course, being your spiritual father. And uh, where you are coming from.
0: Well, you know, I think here's the thing, right? Yes. I think a lot of people, and this is what they were saying on, uh, on Black Twitter, and this is their rationale. And even, I'd say, um, there was a spokesman on, on, from the EFF uh, who was on uh, 702. Oh, yes. Um, and what people seem to assume is just because someone is nice to you for a little bit. Or is nice to you and your friends does not make them non-racist. So you have no right to say that you you know somebody well enough to say that they're not a racist, mm. which I find kind of weird, because I'm sitting here next to you. Yes. And if anything had to happen. Yeah. And someone says, you know, Candace is this kind of person. Yeah. And I I, I turn around and say, I don't know her to be like that. Yes. I yes. don't believe that Personal she's that person. Personal perspective. Yeah. And then someone says, but just because, um, she was nice to you or whatever doesn't mean she's not. An abuser or whatever Oh yes You know yes, what I mean yes, yes. Um, And I also think that We seem to not be able to have a right To express um, ourselves at the moment In this country to say I don't believe someone is like this mm. Especially when it comes to race issues Yes um, If you're black You're expected to jump on the bandwagon um, Pick up a tire A
1: baton mm.
0: <laughs> A baseball bat or whatever A yeah. gun um, Fire And If someone is accused of being a racist, jump on the bandwagon, join the mob and set fire to the whole thing. Yeah. And if you don't agree with that, with the mob,
1: they will set you on fire. They will set you on fire. But (laughs) that's okay
0: because that's at some point people have to make a choice and say, you know what? Not on my watch. Yes. Um, And whether I'm wrong, whether I'm right, it doesn't even matter. Mm. The point is, I believe that a man might have said something that maybe he could have elaborated on. Uh, but it certainly doesn't make him a racist. And I don't believe that he thinks that black people in this country are not hardworking and we do not deserve um, to have economic freedom of some sort yeah. and redistribution of that wealth. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't believe that at all. But because would he said that many times on that very same point Yes.
1: Would it be fair to say, though, that his statements came across as deeply um, ignorant of someone who wasn't, Necessarily acknowledging um, the history of the country that he is currently residing in,
0: I think his statements came across as um, how do I say this almost i think it's some, sometimes when people get get used to a to a certain kind of audience, um, they might relax, they might be a little bit relaxed but um, ten thousand
1: mm-hmm? his, his church houses ten thousand people so yeah, but not you
0: don't get ten thousand at the same time okay okay, yeah. so I have a feeling this this is what happens and I, and I understand this because. Um, you know Being either on a public platform mm-hmm. Or doing something that is live And sometimes you tend to, to Push certain boundaries Yes. Um, and I think that he should have Elaborated and said listen What I'm saying is that black people Work very hard as well And he did say that actually He said he acknowledged that there, there, there are lots of hard working black people yeah. My point is I'm trying to say to you guys Because that was part of the sermon We need to start realizing That we need each other Yes. Number one. Yeah. Number two, we should address the land issue. Hmm. We should address white privilege, but don't see all white people having something as they were just given.
1: Hmm. But within... I listen to portions of this um, recording, of course, the sensationalized portions, but from my understanding and from what I've listened to, there's a point in the sermon where he acknowledges that, you know, he had gone off script. He was now not speaking according to the planned scriptures that he had planned to, you know, preach on that day. And sometimes I tend to ask myself that when you, when you're a pastor, we do hold you to a different regard than the rest of us because you are now a representation of God on earth. And not really when you,
0: you're just a guy. No, but who's you you, us you are giving
1: word. yourself no but you are giving you're not yourself the authority. Of God. No, but when you're a pastor to me sure you give yourself the authority of speaking on behalf of so you are influencing a number of people using religious principles and teaching them the word of God. And I'm not saying pastors have to be perfect What I am saying though Is that they need to be More careful than the rest of us And they cannot be held To the same regard As the rest of us Of course you I know? agree with you So when he went on to say That he was digressing From the sermon In order to air out What he was clearly feeling On that particular day <laughs> that that That's a bit problematic And I feel like That's where the uproar Was coming yeah. from no, that, I Why I are you agree giving you. Personal opinions When you should just be Giving us the word I
0: agree with you And I think that's something That I, I think that Even the staff at Rivers mm-hmm. Should have addressed Because yes. here's the other thing That I heard that that. that that happened at the 1115, um, you know, sermon. Yes. And then I think it didn't change much to oh. the later sermon. So I'm like, but where were the, where were the gatekeepers? You know what I'm saying? And mm. where were the people who should have said, hey, dude, you can't just say it like that. Yeah. I know what you're trying to say, but what you're trying to say and what it sounds like are two very different things. Yeah. If you're going to say something like that, and if you're going to lead us there, you need to have that you need to background. Add context. You need to add context. Exactly. Um, and, and I think that that's something that, that from my point of view as a congregant, I'm mm. just a congregant, by the way. Yeah. I'm not a spokesperson for the church.
1: Are you sure you don't do the voiceovers for the church? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've done a lot the of church voiceovers announcements. For, for many churches. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I don't actually. Uh, at the moment, I haven't done that for a while. I just haven't had the time. But that's part of volunteering, you know? Yes. Um, churches survive because people volunteer. And, and a lot of yeah. people think big churches are just uh, running on all this money and, and, and all that. But it's because a lot of people put in their time and effort to volunteer and give Mm. and that's why things work but nonetheless what i'm saying is um you you also need to be able to call someone who is a leader to order when they say things that
1: are out of order
0: out of order Mm -hmm. um especially for the sake of the church yes um and i think that should have happened and personally i haven't had a chance to speak to him but usually um you know, if I bump into him after after a sermon, like you bump into mm. a pastor and you say, hey, how you doing? And he's like, he might be like, how was that today? And you might say, you know, I would I would have done this and that right there. Mm. I didn't get that chance, unfortunately. Yes. But and you, if I did, mm. I would have said, listen, even when I heard it the first yeah. time, I would have said, listen, you, you really need to like be careful yeah. how you say that. Yeah. I think I understand where you're coming from, mm. but you 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 can have a lot of people be very upset about this.
1: Okay, can I just say when you say you understand you where it's coming by from, by thank you. you that today? Everyone told me that today. But um, don't but digress.
0: How fantastic Shh, you look, I mean, Don't like,
1: digress. Can you stand um, up for the people so they can see Stop it. Okay. <laughs> no, but on the point where you say that you understand where it's coming from, I have no idea where it's coming from because I feel that in South Africa, yes, there's a lot of people that Tend to say reckless things And they tend to uh, justify it by saying But no, 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 no But I'm a nice one Like look, I've got 10 black friends Like I'm not speaking from a place of Racism or ignorance I I feel like he was coming across As very entitled number one Number two, the statement in itself, whereby he declares that he has accumulated wealth, but he's not willing to share his wealth because he doesn't understand how exactly he's supposed to distribute this wealth. And then he went on to, in his one of his defense interviews, he said um, he feeds 36,000 children. Now, a church is a business. It runs according to, it is governed and, and it, it, it runs according to compliance. Mm. Yes, it runs. And feeding children when you are a church is a CSI scheme. It is a corporate social investment whereby yeah, yeah, you are being yeah, seen. Yeah. As doing something good Therefore we are more willing to invest in you As a company Or as a business So for him to come out And say we feed people Great well done Round of applause But you're clearly Not empowering Because we do not need you To give us Keep giving us food We need yeah. you to empower us Invest in our education Invest in our growth And don't tell us We're lazy
0: You know what No he didn't say Anyone was lazy Yeah but I mean It was implied <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> no, no, Because was he no was no saying White
1: people White people work hard For their money so by that, And clearly by that black people, people black don't Black
0: people don't Just because I, I say one thing I don't say the other sure, If I say joke, No no like, no, no, no Let's, let's, say, <laughs> let me, let, 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 let's be real Let's uh, be real for uh, a second uh, yeah. If I say You know what Men earn more than women Because They Generally Don't have to fall pregnant And have that gap Where they They are on maternity leave And generally They work harder Or they well, work hard Not not even They work harder They just work hard Does that imply that women Work less hard? Yes no, <laughs>
1: that is the implication because you are actually. It is. It is just a coward's way of not saying <laughs> what they want to say because you know. Well, what? I don't think so. You know, I think you women know work what? very hard. No, I yeah, you're, no, no, you're no. Hard I know. You <laughs> I know, know, know what I'm saying. I'm
0: going to say that right now. <laughs> I mean you're the reason why we have you're the example. show. Isn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah. But no, but seriously speaking, I think the biggest problem that a lot of people are having, and this is what I want us to go to, is the oh. fact that I feel a lot of people, especially white South Africans in this particular scenario, yeah. do not have a context of why. Because a lot of people say apartheid is over, get over it. I know, but, I know and I'm, but, I, hate but, that. But, but I hate that. but Jewish people, you know, are still allowed to speak of the Holocaust and the impact the Holocaust has had on them. We are only twenty years out of apartheid. Yeah. My dad is a direct I'm directly affected that you're, I do not like, have a father today
0: you're not you know, I don't even know if you're first generation or you're just I, that generation
1: I am the generation that Your got directly impacted yeah. exactly I'm the generation so, that got directly impacted by apartheid and so are many many black South Africans mm. so we are not starting life on the same playing field here so as a black South African when I go into the workforce I'm not starting on the same playing field as Susan who grew up you know in a suburb her whole life and she's been coddled her whole life and she was raised by two parents it's just not the and same she lives closer to work and she, so so work, she, she lives closer to work. She lives closer to school.
0: And she doesn't it, have to take a taxi to get to her. She it, just gets in the car and drives to her. We took like four taxis.
1: You know, and I think sometimes in society we fail to acknowledge our own privilege. I mean, I sit in a position of privilege. The way I speak, I know I'm received better because I correlate better to whiteness. The way I, uh, people view me, I'm, I'm a close oh please um and uh, (laughs) the way people view me you know they're more likely to work with me because i am a better representation you're not really i mean you you decided to cross over and go on on power fm
0: (laughs) they asked me to go there i mean like i was i asked you to come to work i I had to like do this okay anyway but seriously i think um, we
1: need to clear clear that up because as soon as Everyone thinks we're all equal Because I feel like sometimes Let's people, people tend to say, Hold on People tend to say that I'm white And I come from a poor background Hello we are not the same when we come into poor backgrounds I am psychologically damaged from my past I mm. am financially damaged From my past I'm still living with the repercussions of being treated as less than human Because of the color of my skin So we are not equal We are not starting on the same playing field I,
0: I totally agree with you on that one And I think that in general and 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 maybe that's that's the problem because we had a whole TRC right
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, about death and killings and murders, and, but we never had an economic TRC, and I think that's what we need right now. Yeah. And and I think this notion, and and I I remember I've spoken to you about it before, <clears throat> that a lot of people say, "One apartheid is over, get over it," but we don't want to see any more struggle movies or struggle issues in the media and things like that. Mm-hmm. Is what is is causing and compounding the very problem you're talking about, because we don't talk about it in a way that people can just see you know i find that film and television even if it's dramatized yeah. kind of helps you understand the context it kind of helps you see from another person's perspective i think it's one thing to have carte blanche yeah. or to have some new show that, that 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 that's a documentary that shows you what you just spoke about now yeah but it doesn't deal with emotions, does it? It just shows you Sophie getting into a taxi yeah. and then getting to another taxi and waking up at four in the morning and boiling water by um, a charcoal fire outside yeah. t- before she washes. And it shows you, um, let's call her Gail, who just gets into the shower and 30 minutes later, she's ready to go. Uh, the helper has made her some breakfast. Yeah. Um, and then she just gets into a car and 15 minutes later, she's at work. Yeah. And then when Sophie gets to work, uh, 30 minutes late. It's like, you're always late, Sophie. Mm. This has got to stop, you know, like yeah. you've got to be, and it's like, but you don't understand what it took for her to get here. She like woke Precisely. up at four in the morning. Um, seeing it as a documentary is, is just showing us what the it reality. is, but dramatizing is, is helping us feel Sophie's emotion. And we need to do more of that and conscientize a lot more. And I want to say it like it is mm. white people to understand that guys This is the reality of this country. And when you speak about some of these issues, you need to put that context first, that I understand where you're coming from. And having said that, I think that that is something that is good about what has happened with our pastor is that he can learn now. Do You think he's
1: going to learn though Because I feel like he released a tweet um, Whereby he I hope he, he, he apologizes But I feel like this was an Oscar Pistorius apology <laughs> Like guys look um, I'm kind of like sorry <laughs> so, so. But please take me back into society as a servant And I mean I, I don't feel like it's fair for him to be you know, um, going back on the pulpit with the same prejudice, and then saying that the devil, the devil is interfering in his work. You know what? The devil's not interfering in your work. I'll, you I'll put, are interfering I'll in put your it damn honestly, work. Honestly,
0: from from my point of view, I hope he does learn, and if he doesn't, it'll be very unfortunate. Because are you going to th-
1: help him learn though? Because you were one of the advocates of his. You know, I am um, going I, I, him.
0: I thought I was doing that, but clearly I, there's more schooling that I need to keep doing. You know, yeah. um, I am going to help him learn, mm. um, and if he doesn't, I can only just say, you know what. He's a grown-up man as well. Yeah. So I have to step back and say, you, you are a victim of your own sometimes doing. Yeah. You know? Um, the reason why I had to... I felt, mm-hmm. and, and whether right or wrong, I yeah. had to do something and say something was, I feel like sometimes if you know somebody, if you, or you feel you know somebody, um, and I guess whether they're being attacked for real or... On social media, yeah. uh, physically, or m- on the media, how do you say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. In <laughs> you the
1: you viral kinda, world. We
0: kind of have to stop and say, hang on a second, you know, can we just, let's pause, let's, let's, pause. Mm. let's start, let, let's do it properly. Mm. Let's rather have a court case like maybe Oscar did or whatever and, 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 and check out the facts. But in the meantime, someone always has to st- stand in the gap. For someone else, and I hope someone will be able to stand in the gap one day for me mm-hmm. if ever I'm in a lot of trouble. Maybe yeah. that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting my standing in the gap credits out there. <laughs> um, and I felt that heck, I'm in public media as well, so it's up to people like me to say something. But w- now, going don't you forward, feel? yeah, mm-hmm, sorry, sorry, um, I'm gonna say just say yes. going forward,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if if somebody doesn't learn from something like that and yeah. does not show that I was right about them then there's nothing I can do about it, right?
1: Yeah, No, and I'm all for, you know, fighting for the um, underdog in a lot of cases, but don't you feel that you should have used your platform instead of saying you should have probably articulated that you know him as a man and from your experience of him, this is not how you have experienced him at all. And you, firstly, you say that and then afterwards you, you can go on to your Twitter debate or your t- Twitter war. But as far as saying, you know... Um, this man is not like this and you're fighting profusely to protect his reputation. W- wouldn't it have been better to pick up the phone, get him in a one on one meeting, school him on um, his lack of knowledge about South African history and then only jump onto Twitter and say that, look, I spoke to this man one on one and he's having regrets. Or he's
0: hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah. And if only we could do everything in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, but 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 we can't do everything in hindsight. now, I really just sent two tweets, by the way. I never responded after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Candice is making funny faces. Isn't <laughs>
1: Um, I'm just saying, I told you so.
0: She's that wife who she's like that wife. Not she's not that wife. Not all, but she's like that wife. He's like, you shouldn't have done that, honey. I told you it was going to end badly. Now look at you. You're in hospital. Yeah. You're lying here. That's completely what I'm because you stood I'm up doing. for this man, and they beat you up along with.
1: You. <laughs> yeah. Because why were you standing up? for And
0: him? now I don't know how we're going to pay for these medical bills because you know your kind of work. If you don't go to work, you don't get paid. Somebody has to stand. And I only did like two tweets, yeah. guys. And I was just saying, like, as in my opinion, this guy's not. What you're saying here is because it's a big word, you know. Just call someone a, a, a racist, like racist, yeah. it's like calling some a, a man a rapist. It's Ooh. like it's really like the same thing. You, you think can't so? You can't get you can't one day not be that.
1: I feel like people have become desensitized to racism, though. I feel no, in a lot of ways I have, no. Eh? I feel in a lot of ways like people now are becoming more um, vocal about the racial discrimination. And sometimes when people who are in a position of power and influence over a majority of different types of individuals and they spread speech that is inaccurate and uneducated, that sometimes that causes more harm to society. And therefore the title of racist is the least of his concern. But the amount of people that went home that day and agreed with what he was saying and were like, yeah, you know, the pastor said black folk, black folk just need to work harder yeah. and whatever, you know, it's, it's very difficult. It's difficult to defend that.
0: I'm just like, you're right. It's very difficult to defend that. Um, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, I don't know how we're going to get past this. I, I don't even Education. really know how or why I jumped into the fray. Um, yeah,
1: no one does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm not sure if I can say that I'll never do that again. <laughs> not even me. Uh, yeah, not even you. Um, I remember. I remember when Gareth had his problems as well. But but I find that it's it, it is that serious that, yeah. that 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 you think we've become desensitized. I think. If you're not something and someone calls you that, it's very painful and hurtful. Oh yeah. Especially if you have good intentions. I can imagine if someone called me a rapist, um, it would be devastating for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's the last thing that I'd want to be. Hmm.
1: Um, but you wouldn't put yourself in a position where you'd have to be accused of such a thing. I think it's. I very mean, easy don't to you do think in, that in a world? No, don't you think in a world whereby all of us are constantly being. Aware of our position in the world And how we're being perceived That you wouldn't put yourself in a situation Whereby a woman can call you a rapist Just as much as you wouldn't put yourself in a situation Where you can be called a racist So I mean it's very very situational Why are you putting yourself in those situations Where you can be labelled such
0: I think people are human beings Um, Ah. And one hotel room incident uh, Could lead to Someone saying this happened When it didn't no, but I'm not saying that I do that all the time. I'm just saying that's how it could happen. No, that's of how course, it's happening.
1: Of course, it could happen, but I'm saying you would try your best to avoid situations like that. So I'm just saying that it, for me, it is not the same as being called a rapist. But as well, in the, in the same breath, like you don't continue to speak on something that you can clearly see makes people uncomfortable and then not apologize because. Until a sincere apology has been issued I feel like a lot of people are going to be holding on to this incident And he will be placed in the category of the Sudwana Bay um, hotel owner As, you know, a racist And yeah, so anyway
0: We've got our guest in you've the studio, got Yes, I'm sorry I'm you like, guys And we're just having this conversation <laughs> between us it, it, like, so rude. You
1: guys are just taking this in, I'm so sorry
0: <laughs> Hey guys, how you doing? Good, good, how are you? I'm doing? sorry, she gets like this, I can't control her
1: well, oh, yeah, it's wonderful. because thank some you, people just put themselves in hot water, but go on.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's an honor to, to be here, uh, to, to get to listen to, I think, a very, very important dialogue, right, wrong, or something in between. I think it's uh, something the world needs to address right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, coming from the United States, it's something we need to address. And, oh, yeah. And so, no, thank you for inviting us here. Yeah. Of course.
1: Sorry, guys. Introduce yourselves. So introduce yourself, and then we'll get into how I met you guys and why I invited you into the studio.
2: You got it. Uh, my name is Drew Descure, uh from the United States. Grew up in California. Uh, just finished up first year university uh, at Santa Clara University uh, in California. Yeah. Uh, and I'm here with my very, very good friend, Michael Bacon.
3: Yeah, everyone, I'm Michael Bacon. I had the honor of going to high school with Drew uh, in California. But now I'm st- I just finished up my first year at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. And
1: right. they are. No, how old are, are you guys? Yeah.
2: Look. I am nineteen, and uh-huh. also nineteen.
0: Oh wow!
1: But can I tell you guys where they're so living?
0: Potential and promise. Where they're living? <laughs> yeah.
1: They're living in Soweto.
0: It's a great place to live. It's Soweto. beautiful, right? I, I wish I lived there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. It's just it's,
0: it's, it's like you know it's I a bit feel far. I like I'm work. glad
1: you don't live there because you would have been stoned. Um. <laughs> wow. Uh. So anyway, so I met you guys at the Nelson Mandela Foundation when we we were listening to a debate about fallism, right? And you guys were so into this debate. I mean, you guys were taking notes. (laughs) You were so enthusiastic. And when we got to speaking, why did you guys come to South Africa?
2: Uh, I actually think it it fits really well with the conversation we're having right now. Yeah, I think... uh, we, particularly with the power of social media, we do a lot of talking oh, yeah? right now. Um, myself included. I think uh, our position in the U.S. allows <laughs> us to do a lot of talking, or what seems to be talking. Yeah. I think it's easy to to hold positions of power for a long, long time. And so my hope was to start listening to the to the best of my ability. Something that really prompted our our travel was we already. Uh, we're actually traveling back This has been the This will be the third time uh, Michael's been here The second time We're coming back To, yeah. to continue to develop relationships And uh, what's something We call the Simunye project yes. Which we'll explain A little bit more uh, But this idea We are one uh, Something we wanted To learn about That yes. I feel like We've already Through trade relationships We've already fostered Relationships around the world And so to To not honor them To not try to listen to them To not yeah. try to engage them Is You know a form of negligence.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, no, oh. go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Okay. You had a question. No, yeah. No, but when you guys started this, I mean, you guys are young, you know, to leave your hometown and come so far. I mean, what is the end objective of your project? Like, what do you want people to take away from the work you guys are doing?
3: Well, I think that's something we're, we're still figuring out, especially as we do listen to the voices of Soweto. But I hope um, when we say Samunye, what that mm-hmm. means, we've also learned it's sort of can often be an overused and misused word. Uh, we hope to to realize that, especially through storytelling, one, how much we are in relationship, as you noted, in ways yeah. that we don't quite understand or mm-hmm. realize, whether it's economic or trade, uh, but also to realize that as a part of oneness, we are individuals. We are A1, and we have unique backgrounds, unique stories. But I hope that, that recognizing that will hopefully make the the oneness of us as a whole a little bit broader, sort of like the yeah. picture that recognizing the individual and their story uh and the pixel of a picture will hopefully paint a more clear picture as a whole. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um <clears throat> so what has been your impression so far of, of a place like Soweto and had you in fact how has that changed from what you had seen in the media before you came to, to South Africa?
3: Well, whenever I tell people uh, I'm going to Soweto, the first reaction is, oh my gosh, are you going to be okay? What's going yeah. on? Why? What's <laughs> yeah. Soweto? Oh my goodness. Even yeah. the first time I actually went to South Africa in 2014, uh, when I handed over my passport to the customs guard, he's, yeah. he asked me where I was going. And when I said Soweto, he gave me, oh my gosh, why? Why would you go <laughs> yeah. there? That's, yeah. that's yeah. the ghetto. Um, but I think that's sort of a, a big reason also why I wanted to come back, to yes. learn more not only from the people, but use their message, the, the narrative of Soweto and each of its individuals to tell me about my own self. Okay. Um Soweto actually sort of taught me how I have shortened my own story. Um, mm. As someone who is half Filipino, my mom's from the Philippines, mm-hmm. realizing how I had shortened my own story to just this person without realizing my own background, without saying, oh my gosh, my mom is... What it was her life like at the Philippines? Yeah. Um, so Soweto is a place that means a lot to me, not only because of its people, but because their, the way their, their stories in particular play a role in how we can, um, we a lot of times shorten the stories of others. Hmm.
0: Wow. And yourself, young man, why, why did you decide to uh, come to Soweto?
2: Uh, The first time we came to Soweto, we actually came together, developed a lot of really strong relationships, a lot of strong strong friendships uh, that Michael has helped maintain over the past few years. So I wanted to come back to somewhere I I knew, was familiar with. um, And I think I also wanted to come back uh, somewhere where I felt like we, again, back to the listening and to the learning, um, I wanted to go somewhere where... Uh, I felt like we'd be challenged to get to know people in a different way. I think Soweto in particular, um, you hear a lot of the statistics of the demographics. And I actually found interesting that you know downtown streets of Johannesburg, um, t- traditionally more metropolitan, mm. kind of a more of a global city, yeah. actually we are talking to, to Candice about actually felt um,
1: more disconnected. Yeah,
2: le- less well known yeah. Than, yeah. than Soweto that I, I think I wanted to test this theory that if you know, you share stories mutually. This isn't oh, one side. Um, and we really struggle with that, you know, back home. You know, what are you doing? What is the project? What's the outcome? Because mm, mm. I think a lot of in the U.S., the people like to see, okay. A result. These, yeah, this nonprofit NGO yeah. comes in and saves the day. And we really, that's actually a big objective for ours is this. I really want this to be mutual, to disprove a lot of the, the service trip, facebook status inequality that i think actually perpetuates despite mm, the wall mm, you build mm. or the ditch you dig really perpetuates some really really insidious sort of racial overtones oh, yeah. yeah. so our our hope was kind of to fight our own need to do and and really receive in the form of story in the sort of form of experience in the form of learning advice for our own country
1: yeah
2: How to, how to be better human beings. Wow, man. That's,
0: that's like really amazing. And, and, and you wanted to say something? Yeah.
1: Drew, you actually said something, um, when we were speaking outside and it actually struck a chord with me whereby at the Nelson Mandela Foundation, you asked Jay Naidu to give you advice about how you could be of service. And you also asked the CEO of the Nelson Mandela, I mean of the Steve Biko Foundation, how you can be of service. Please tell us both responses and how you received that.
2: Yeah, uh, from the Steve Biko Foundation, I'm uh, still undeclared, figuring out what I want to study. So yeah. I thought, what a great place to ask for advice. You know, what can I study yeah. to be of better service to improve our world? And uh, the leader of the Steve Biko Foundation had a great response. She said, "Honey, you know, with all due respect, we're not looking for your help. Like you helping is not actually how people are going to work themselves out of positions of uh, of poverty or or injustice or racism." Uh, so I guess I wanted to change my answer and I asked, you know, Uncle Jay, Jay, yeah, Yeah. uh, how can I effectively get out of the way to some degree or, or what, what, what can my role be in this sort of globalized community? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he had a a great response. He said, you know, we we were there for several hours and, you know, you Americans didn't ask a question, didn't say anything. That's a
1: great, (laughs) great great job. Yeah. (laughs) The
2: Americans are changing their, their identity uh, <laughs> yeah. so that was a, that was a there was a big learning that for a country that does a lot of talking maybe a a good next step would be listening I oh. love
1: that I absolutely wow. love that's, that
2: a, that's actually quite awesome yeah listen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh this
0: is going to be going on for a while, isn't it anyway um and what have you heard drew <laughs> what do you feel you've heard i mean i I, I feel like For many years, and this has been like the narrative, you know, uh, globally, uh, that the U.S. comes in to any area to offer assistance and help. help. Mm -hmm. But that help is very costly because (laughs) it comes... Economically costly. <laughs> yes, economically costly. It's like, okay, we'll help you out. We'll, digi- we'll dig, we'll dig, a few wells and a few ditches and build a few roads. And we'll
1: profit seventy percent from we'll that. We'll take
0: like all your natural resources. Yeah. Or,
2: or we'll write college applications about the experience and get into an Ivy League school. Oh, okay, yeah. Hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But but nonetheless, I mean, having said that, wh- what do you feel that you you should be doing differently as young people? Because I think your hearts are in the right place, um, and maybe you can go back and tell other young people. Um, who are in a place and a position to help? How they can help from your mm. from your story? So, what do you think you can tell them?
2: So. I think it's been really important to realize, uh, you know, the rainbow nation hasn't arrived yet. Yeah,
0: we're still in the wilderness, buddy. <laughs> I, well, I,
2: and I think the rainbow world isn't yeah. isn't necessarily a whole lot closer. And I think it's easy, especially with um, programs like this, to assume, wow, you know, people of different races coming to talk, and yeah. I and I think it's easy to sort of call that a success. Mm. Yeah, and and i think i want to be really really uh, realistic about mm, no n- not there yet um, yeah. and i think you know a, a big fear for a lot of the sort of the caucasian white populace of the us mm. the fear of being considered the ignorant white racist in person yes. that doesn't seem to be a big fear on social media oh, but yeah. <laughs> the fear of being the ignorant white racist often prevents people from even asking the question ah uh, yeah sort of so, uh, admitting the fact that i may not know someone else's story suggest sort of uh, it can you have to accept the fact that you are white yeah. and i think it's something it's easy to sort of assume that that's a neutral color oh yeah to yeah. sort of assume we are all the same right exactly yeah. and it's it's super easy yeah. sort of as a as a person with white background it's super easy to think well this is neutral yeah. and other people are different and i love difference and that yeah. that's that's that's, that's a very it's, insidious place to, to begin from.
1: It's kind of like the saying when everyone used to uh, go around saying, I don't see color. And everyone would be like, yeah. And so we realized that if, if you don't see color, you can't acknowledge someone else's pain, right? That's
3: right, it is, yeah. 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 And our what, our what do you, <laughs> what what you want to add, Michael? Yeah, I think, um, sort of as Drew noted too, well, first of all, I don't think we'll ever fully be able to understand everyone's story. Yes. And as much as through social media... Understanding someone's story in 40, 140 characters yeah. seems quick and efficient. Uh, I'd like to hope that we could dive a little deeper such that while we, we may recognize sort of the distinctiveness of each person by diving deeper in their story, it's the, the, the intention of, of learning how that story fits into this, this oneness, this global narrative. And it's mm-hmm. how the role it places is really an act of love, that form of <clears> listening <throat> of the intensity of attention to someone, um, such that hopefully together we can, Stop shortening people's stories To 140 characters Because yeah, I think yeah. that's Inherently dehumanizing I don't yeah. know if
0: you guys See it the same way Maybe I'm just like a, a bit of an older generation But I mean growing up Although we grew up I mean, I grew up under apartheid. There was like No two ways about it That mm. was real It was mm. like law It was legislated mm. And and maybe fortunately Having gone to like Multiracial schools And, and you know Behind the fence We had our issues But yeah. generally there was This sense of Of potential Okay That anything can happen that one day we'll get this right and in the meantime let's keep trying to work each work at it and find each other as as different races um that i don't know if i'm feeling from young people at the moment i feel like young people are at a point now where they're like nah like let's not um it's not going to get better life is always going to be like this we're never going to understand each other as different races so let's not even try
1: you think that's the case though sorry guys i'll give you guys an answer to, um uh, chance that's to how I, that's what i'm
0: seeing as, a, as, a, as someone older you honestly. know what
1: I'm, I'm feeling and i don't know if you guys are feeling this but i feel that we are tired of pretending we are all tired of walking around the world putting on these masks and pretending that everything is the way that we are told it is get experiencing life differently you know and i mean you filipino right mm-hmm. michael and uh i mean i'm sure you have experienced certain setbacks Definitely. because of your nationality because you're not purely white and and drew i'm sure you've experienced certain elements of either people really disliking you because you're white or having an advantage in society because you're white and i think all of us as the youth are sitting back and saying but wait there's something here we are all being told love each other yay we we're great we can date other races yet when i step into society when i step into the workforce my reality is very different to what i'm being told is that the feeling you guys get
2: yeah, I think back to the, the idea of, uh, of hope, I think it take that, that requires a degree of responsibility. Yes. I and, like that. and that, that involves work. Mm. And I think young people are, feel burdened oh, yeah. by, you know, the, the, finding myself and, and really sort of this, I think social media kind of encourages it that in the, in the absence of sort of a global vision or a vision for South Africa mm. or whatnot, we replace it with what makes me happy. Oh, yeah. That I think in the inability to answer big questions, we answer the questions we think we can. And one of the most fundamental ones is what makes me happy. Mm. And I think that's actually something we teach our children to pursue yes. to their own detriment. Oh, yeah. That I think as soon as we make ourselves our own goal, we're actually wow. making l- our... Y-
1: you are so wise. <laughs>
2: no, I, oh, I, I just <laughs> think <laughs> it's, it's actually <laughs> it a disadvantage. Right um, yeah. Wow. A disadvantage. But I would love to follow that with a question... To both yes. of you, yes. what what should we be hearing? I know it's Soweto. Is, it's great to be in, but I think another reality is it's very specific stories. That's, oh, yes. we, I don't want to pretend that's South Africa by any stretch of the means. So what?
0: It's it's you know what Soweto. If you if you're open to it, can be quite quite a variety of different stories. One for one, it's got. I think a wide variety of different types of people Mm -hmm. Um, especially when I say that I mean different tribes of black people living in one place so you might hear the story of the Shangan people that you might not get anywhere else you might hear the story of Zulu people Sutu people Tswana people Bedi people And so on and so forth And also I think more than Any other township It's, it's one of those Townships that, that Is very popular With and tourists it's the And yeah. it's the biggest And it's got a lot Of history behind it But just listen to The people right now mm. I think that's the Biggest thing And not necessarily Just the history of it And be mm. taken up By the hype What are their Day to day struggles um, And I think that's What Candice and I Have been kind of Talking about in the Beginning of 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 this show today, yes. which is they're very real struggles that are still happening for the people mm. that are living there Definitely. you know that that things have not changed twenty twenty three
1: twenty
0: four yeah yeah twenty three years into this whole democracy thing or or twenty two years into democracy and having um legislative freedom but not economic freedom and I think the biggest thing that i'm that i 'm finding about maybe young people right now is without economic freedom, we can never have real freedom
1: yeah. And that's a, so that's a
0: worldwide true. thing. Yeah. And so we're all on the same playing field um, where even the Western countries are starting to say, you know what, when we come to your country and we are, we are being benevolent, we really mean that. You can trust us because we are benevolent. We want a win-win situation. And I think maybe that's a, that's a global economic thing that, that's been happening for a long time. In general, where it's been about... In any business trans- <clears throat> transaction, there must be a winner and a loser, which okay. doesn't make any yeah. sense at all because why can't there be a winner and a winner?
1: No, but can I just say, I think the biggest problem though is, I'm sorry, Drew, we're deviating from your question altogether, but I feel, going back to the original statement of the youth being more hopeless than ever, I feel that that, that's actually different. I feel the youth are more hopeful than ever. The difference is now we are taking our own lives into our own hands. And what we are doing is we are saying we are tired of paying high fees for education. Until we can be equally educated at the same playing field, we cannot compete in the global market, number one. Therefore, economic freedom is always going to evade us. Hmm. Number two, I feel that in Soweto, you know, I mean, they are diverse stories, they are diverse communities within that larger, you know, Soweto area, whereby you do get the bottom, like, you know, people who unfortunately just have no economic power at all, and they're still washing in the buckets, and they still, and then you get households that are like, you know, in Orlando East. Is it Orlando East that's, but more affluent?
0: Yes, there's deep
1: roof extension where now the more, yeah, you know, then you get the more affluent areas where by people have made it and they, now they're like just chilling and they're like, okay, cool. Now I've made it, Mm, but you know, mm. I just need more of this money kind of thing. So I feel that the youth are being more proactive today. They're just not accepting. They're not ex- just accepting that, oh, okay, no, you know, I'm just going to accept that, yeah, we free. You know, I'm going to hug every white person when I leave this and feel good about myself. Or I'm going to kiss black children and feel good about myself, you know. <laughs> we are saying that if we are going to move forward, this is how the most effective way so that it can actually be maintained, you know. And I feel that that's actually, we're living in the most exciting time, you know. What do you guys think? <laughs> I was, wow. I was having like a one-woman show there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I think you make a great point, especially with the hope. Um... It's interesting though to see how, whether or not that can be transformed to individual or the community as a whole, especially as Juno did one, media sometimes, um, promotes hope for our own happiness and oh, almost yeah. as if we plaster those who are successful and who are thrown as a virtue of goodness or are, uh, yeah. those who are successful. Hmm. Um, and I'd hope especially for us as we dive deeper into stories and the intersection of our own story as well, that we can find where that hope can be Almost transformed and flipped mm-hmm. around back onto the youth and to so that's where that goodness comes from.
1: But you guys are really making me excited. I mean, the fact that you are nineteen, you left the comfort of your home and you, and you came to South yeah, Africa to experience well. and expand your minds. Yeah. Because I mean, it's so easy. You come from a land that, honestly, I, I don't think there's a better self promoter than the United States of America. I mean, I feel like you could go the anywhere. Yeah, you can go anywhere in America, and people will be like, "I love America." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You guys like are quite, like a world amongst yourself, and the fact that you came out and you said i 'm tired i 'm tired of the reality that 's being projected onto me I want to go find more because there has to be more and you can go back and you can be a message and not only a message but just your being will be so different that you will inspire you know those around you and I feel like that 's how the youth need to start living a more inspired life and I, I love you guys for that
0: Yeah, and I think that you guys are inspiring I mean, you've inspired so me inspiring. I think and some so of the smart. things that you said, Drew uh, When you say If you look at only your own happiness You can actually never be truly happy, oh can you? Goodness. Because then everything is based on how you feel About your reality right now mm. But if you take that and you say Actually, I'm concerned more about other people's happiness first Then there's a better chance that you actually might be cool yeah. You might be all right
2: you're looking at life as a collective. And if I could just add, I, I, I agree with you yes. that it's ex- an exciting time to, to be in, but something we've talked about in Soweto, the young people, a lot of people, it's, it's great to say this is such an exciting time and we are the generation that's going to make a difference. My one concern is that I feel like most generations before us, even generations in power, were saying yeah. very similar things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's our, true. So our big question is what's, what will make us Different. different. Hmm. What, what will prevent Our corruption
1: Yeah It will be this These kind of dialogues These kind of no conversations right, guys, And I, these kind of leaders
0: Don't give up On yeah. the ideal Because sometimes and It seems like Ideals But um, The reality is Life will try and Change Your, your perspective And, and, and your beliefs mm. But The winner is the one Who hangs on Until To that end. very crazy Ideal Uh, That everyone says will never actually happen And makes it happen At the end of the day if you want to change society You just have to hang on to what you believe in And life is about what you believe Whatever you believe Will be that in your life It will be be realized And if if you have no belief to start with Then life will just happen to you So I encourage you guys to just To keep keep believing That you can make a difference Mm. Um, Because you are already Making a
1: difference And I feel that Don't underestimate Your contribution Just because you think Because it's very difficult To view yourself How others would view you But don't ever Underestimate it And think Oh my gosh This is a bigger struggle Than I can be alone Because you're not alone As soon as Small little people Out there um, Thinking to themselves I need to make a difference And they're doing Active things Within their lives Then all of us Collectively are actually Rising and we're even Raising the people That are aren't really doing anything but are getting inspired by just watching but guys oh my gosh that was so much fun thank you thank
3: you so much thank <laughs> you, thank you. So an and,
1: and yeah
0: you're great today um <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that uh you want to close the show for us
1: uh yeah um i have I, some
0: I, words to say, <laughs> say well, hope
1: from south africa's favorite wisdom. person you don't want to say anything <laughs> you sure
0: well no i'm going to say this i think uh with what these guys have said as well drew and michael i'm, I'm very proud of you guys for what you're doing by the way um and from my side it's it's a matter of whatever my story can teach you is just sometimes you have to stand for what you believe um and go with that because it's better to to stand for something and have your mind change later than to just have not stood for anything at all
1: what's the winston churchill quote let's leave it with that i'd rather have the whole world against me than my own soul
0: there you go baby
1: amen Have a good one everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in.
0: Stand up so the people can see you before we go.
1: It's radio. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.
0: This is CliffCentral.com